welcome to How Fitting, the podcast about creating fashion and growing a business that fits your customer, your lifestyle, and your values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Claire Thomas Morgan of VV Design Studio. So welcome to the show, Claire. Hi, thank you. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am a St. Louis-based children's wear designer. Um, I launched my own brand in 2014, uh, and I had four pretty simple cotton toddler dresses at the time and have just sort of evolved it and grown it since then. So now I primarily focus on a little bit older kids. Uh, I go as small as size like age six, um, up to more of the teen market, um, a kid's 14 into kind of smaller women's sizes as well. Cool. Boys and girls too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Um, so kind of what brought you into fashion? Like, do you have a background in fashion or what made you start a, a fashion brand and specifically a children's line? Yeah. Um, I started out in college in graphic design and photography, and as much as I also love those fields, it just didn't quite feel right. Um, And this was around the time of the very first season of Project Runway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I watched a marathon of that one weekend, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, wait, people do this? I don't, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and just got like really excited, intrigued by it, Um, went and did a summer program at Parsons in New York, um, just before I, you know, completely upended everything. Um, (laughs) And that was great. And I loved it. Uh, Came home, decided I took a year off so that I could like build my portfolio and properly switch um, majors and schools and everything. The school I was at at the time didn't have design. They had a few merchandising classes, but not not much to keep going there. Um, So I transferred to Washington University uh, and did their BFA program in fashion design. Um, And at that time, you spent your junior and senior year really focused on your BFA. So we were in studio three days a week, all day, um, really just building all of those skills in two years. Um, While I was there, I interned and then worked with Um, a women's modest clothing company that was based in University City. Um, So she primarily was more of an online boutique. Um, So I got to learn about sort of the online merchandising aspect, as well as I got to go to New York to shows with her to do buying um, trips. And then Mm -hmm. she wanted to start her own sort of basic knitwear line. So I got to kind of help build that from the ground up. It was just the two of us. And so it was a really great learning experience. Um, She then decided she got pregnant with triplets and was like, okay, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going to do the business anymore. So, um, and I was already kind of thinking about, you know, I really liked sort of the, merchandising and buying side as well, but I didn't really know anything about that. So I, um, when she closed down, I went and did visual merchandising with J. Crew, and at the same time worked on my master's in merchandising so I could learn really the business side of everything, um, 
you know, we didn't learn a whole lot about like proper costing and budgeting. And like, we got a little bit of line planning, but not in the same sense, um, as well as getting to learn about like visuals and all, all sorts of things there. Um, so I did that. And right afterwards, I had my daughter and started that's when I started making children's wear, um, just for her. And really loved that and decided, you know, I was primarily a stay at home mom. Um, I've been teaching a little bit at WashU since I graduated um, and decided to kind of launch my own little side business as well. Cool. Yeah. So there's so much kind of, it seems like yeah. you, you got a very <laughs> kind of well-rounded of different aspects of the fashion industry, like from design and then even before that with graphics and photography because I'm sure those kind of overlap yeah running a business yeah um and then the merchandising side um what were some of maybe things from each of those degrees that you like have stood out to you the most or like that you've used those skills the most so far in your business yeah um from my bachelor's definitely pattern making um and construction because mm -hmm. I went in not knowing anything about sewing I would like try to sew on my mom's machine and it would end up breaking every single time so learning how to like properly make things um and I had no clue about pattern making when I started out um so getting to learn all of that I still use my like college pattern making textbook um mm -hmm. as a reference all the time um and then in merchandising uh really a lot more about sort of the math side of it. So uh, retail markups and markdowns and costing and buying and, you know, all of your sort of budget stuff. Mm -hmm. Everything you do huge. in Excel. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not the creative part, but like if you're running yeah. a business, super necessary. <laughs> yes. Nice. And then what about from like the even like your graphic design photography. Yeah, um, that's been great. I've been able to do a lot of that myself. Um, and just, it also introduced me to a lot of like the Adobe programs and stuff that I still use today. Um, I just use them in a different manner than what I originally learned. Mm -hmm. um, and then getting to be like on photo shoots and kind of understanding a little bit more about how the lighting works and how, um, you know, posing and, and all of that works as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started, like, what, what made you kind of decide to start a business rather than, it sounds like you kind of just started out making clothes for your daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's like, taking on the whole business side is like a whole nother aspect of just like, oh, I like to sew and I'm, you know, yeah. things for my daughter. So what kind of prompted that decision? Um, it was some people, I, some people it can be like really scary or a really big decision of like starting a business versus just kind of having a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Finding like all of those like tax forms and everything you have to fill mm -hmm. out. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing any of this right. Um, it was, I, you know, kind of something I've always, I've always wanted to have my own business in some way. Uh, my dad always worked for him, himself, and I was able, I was kind of brought up in that environment of being able to see him run his business um, and get to sort of have a creative outlet as of 
you know, your living. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always sort of in the back of my mind. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, and then as I was making things for my daughter, people would ask like, oh, that's so cute. Where'd you get it? And uh, I was kind of like, well, I have these four styles that I feel like I know pretty well. I can kind of size grade them a little, you know, to a small size run and just sort of test the waters. And it was a long time, I would say three or four years before I really felt like I got my footing um, Mm -hmm. and made it more of a business and less of like a side hobby. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of years where I was just like testing stuff out like, oh, do I want to go this route? No, that doesn't really work. Or it's not as much of a creative outlet as I want. And um, just kind of playing around and making lots of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So on that note, like what were some of the things you played around with? And I'm also curious, like what were some of the mistakes that now going back, if you were to start again, like would know how to avoid? Um, let's see. I, so I started out like really small sizes. Um, and I found there were a lot of limitations there in terms of everything is one really tiny and and hard to work with. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of limitations and like, okay, there's a much higher choking hazard risk. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't really get themselves. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, and as my daughter grew, I kind of wanted to grow with her too. And I was learning more about like different age ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sort of clicked that like this sort of seven to 14 was kind of the my nostalgic like childhood fashion period as well. Um, mm-hmm. And where you, know, you sort of start to form your love of, of fashion or clothes or design or whatever it is. Um, so there was a good period where I would like add more sizes and then take some off and then, you know, just kind of adjust until I got to sort of my core customer and age range that I really wanted to work with and be able to, I felt like I could connect with them a lot more than a Mm -hmm. one-year-old. And then just learning a lot like about like how much material to buy and how, you know, so I would like buy way too much fabric in the beginning (laughs) and, you know, try to figure all of that out um, and figure out, you know, what can you do with it and uh, how can you control your costs a little better? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. And also just learning, like I tried to do it all myself when I started. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do all the photography and everything and, when I finally stopped and like brought in people that are better at those things than I am, uh, it went a lot better and it was a lot less stressful and the end product was a lot better and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so hard to like when it's a business that you love and you've kind of started out doing everything to like, let some things go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's different for everyone. I think of like, what are the hardest things to let go? But yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always heard good, good results good people from people who've that, done that. Yeah, and just finding, like, your team and, like, who you work well with and who you can sort of share your vision with and they get it and, you know, um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's really cool. So were you, like, making everything yourself 
in the beginning or are you still doing that? Yeah, um, pr I primarily still am. Um, I brought on a seamstress for a while um, and she, you know, sort of stepped aside at, at one point. She got remarried and wanted to go be a, a newlywed again. <laughs> uh, so and I just sort of started adjusting what I was doing um, this fall. I'm even still sort of playing around with where I want to go with things. Um, mm -hmm. I tried to go like way more sort of commercial and in everyday wear. And I felt like I was not getting, you know, the creativity I wanted out of that. It really wasn't the market for me. Um, I, you know, I would have to charge like 50 bucks for a pair of leggings and you know people aren't going to buy that for kids for like mm -hmm. an everyday wear. So figuring out too, there's still every season kind of figuring out what's what works and um you know what do i just want to make like one of for a photo shoot what am i willing to make multiples of um so i still do all of the pattern making and sewing myself um oh, wow. and really sort of limiting to kind of more couture level um so it helps me too i can work with my customers and say uh you know she's generally uh size eight but everything is like always two inches too short. So then we can just go in and start from scratch and make things that fit really well um, from the beginning. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's fit. I mean, as a pattern yeah. myself, fit for me, it's always hugely yeah. important. So it's really cool that you have the ability to do that in your business. Well, and getting into children's where I was like, oh, fit's going to be so much easier because they don't have like curves and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And but they're just those issues are replaced with other ones. Yeah, you know, it's like growing, oh, growing up, yeah. but not necessarily proportionally. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So being able to give people a a much more custom item than off the rack and something a lot more unique than what they can get at Target or Carter's or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really finding the balance. It sounds like of what you like to do creatively but also what works for the price point and is mm -hmm. an aesthetic of your ideal customer yeah and it was always like the specialty pieces would always sell better than the everyday pieces um mm -hmm. it just took me a while to kind of settle into okay the line is gonna be like all specialty pieces and you know that sort of thing mm -hmm. yeah so I'm looking at your website, it seems mm -hmm. like um, discovery and exploration are kind of big themes in your line. And you even mentioned kind of, you know, growing up, you know, or in the age of kind of 7 to 14, growing up and exploring fashion and, you know, what that, what that is for your, like, you're at the age where you can kind of decide, this is what I want to wear and I like this Yeah, style. it's so, a lot more of your, like, identity. Mm hmm. Yeah. So how do you see fashion kind of tying into discovery and exploration in general, and then specifically in your collection? Yeah. Um, so I always notice like, my kids will get really into like a book series or a movie or something and the characters in there and then they kind of want to embody that for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, so and I think that's a big part of just figuring out 
who you are and what you like and what you don't like and how that changes. Um, and I think fashion is a big part of that. It's what you are physically putting on your body and presenting to the world every day, um, whether it's a black t-shirt and jeans every day or, you know, a couture dress. Um, it gives you a chance to figure out who you are and sort of who you want to be. Um, mm -hmm. I know I went through like a dozen different fashion phases throughout my life, <laughs> um, figuring things out. Um, so being able to give that to kids and give them something that isn't out in the market, a lot of children's wear is Jersey Basics and rainbows and stars and puppy dogs and, you know, like mm -hmm. pretty tropey things. Um, so giving them something that has a lot more imagination put into it, a lot more creativity um, and giving that to them as a tool to kind of figure out what they want to do with it. Yeah, I love that. And I yeah. definitely grew up like for me, it was more the costume side of things, like, uh -huh. rather than just, like, the clothes I would wear every day, but, like, me and my siblings would, you know, we'd be reading a book in school about, you know, you know, Little House on the Prairie or whatever, uh -huh. and we would, like, go back in the backyard in the woods and, like, you know, play out our own scenarios or whatever, yes. and, and <laughs> kind of dress the part of that in more, more costume ways, but, yeah, it's just, yeah, exploring... Yeah, being yeah. imaginative well, is definitely part of like, growing up. Yeah, Halloween's my, my favorite holiday, primarily mm -hmm. for the costumes. <laughs> but also, like, figuring out that, you know, fashion can can help you feel good um, mm -hmm. about yourself. Like, you know, whatever it is, if it helps you feel more comfortable with who you are and, you know, that sort of thing, that's great, too. We don't tend to gender any of our clothes so that it can mm -hmm. kind of flow that way. We try to present things on all different kids, um, different genders, different races, different age groups, like kind of show that things can be a lot more universal than um, sometimes the children's or market gets really pegged in sort of binary concepts. It, it yeah. does. And I was yeah. always a girl that did not like hot pink. And so that yeah. was always like a problem when literally everything in the girl <laughs> section is pink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you can do tulle without it being like a princess dress, you know, or you can do yeah. ruffles, but in a more sophisticated way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always have to be. Yeah. Hot pink and you can pair it with a blazer and it's fine. Yeah. Mm hmm. Exactly. It's like having having a little bit more being able to build those pieces yourself rather than yeah. defining so tightly like this is the look for a girl and this is the look mm -hmm. for yeah. I love that. Um I also see kind of a lot of storytelling in your designs. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's a conscious decision to like tell a particular story through the clothes or is that something that just kind of flows naturally as you're um trying to make these imaginative garments? Um, sort of both. I feel like when I'm designing, I'm, I'm coming up with these sort of characters or like who, what kind of kid would, would wear this and they're, you know, it starts to form its own story and that evolves. It's the collection evolves and then we get to the photography element and figuring out, okay, how can we show this even more um, how can we translate that to a runway show how can we 
um, keep that going. We started, I had an intern last summer that was really into music. So we started building like playlists that go with the collections um, and just, yeah, like really building a world around every collection. Cool. So I'm like, what is, walk us through, like, what does your design process look like? Do you kind of do a whole collection around a theme or is it more kind of individual pieces? Um, I usually do, I usually design in full collections um, because there's generally like a lot I want to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I can do it across 12 pieces, you know, 12 looks, then even better. And it's, I also like sort of the challenge of being able to, make all of the looks coordinate together and mix and match and that they all kind the of merchandising yeah they come together under one visual theme as well um so i usually start with sketching sometimes it's i find some fabric that's really great that i want to use um but i really i really enjoy like the sketching and development part of it um and then I get into the pattern making and the fitting and things always get changed there based on, I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to work or, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to want to sew more than one of these. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the thing was, it's just not, um, I have my kids try everything on. So I get a lot of feedback along the way of, well, this is really tight or this is really itchy or, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have no idea how to put this on. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's rework that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so key. It's great that you have yeah. kind of the, uh, your, your fit models in house yeah. to give you all that feedback. Cause that's something I always recommend to my clients is like, try it on a real person, wear it around, yeah. see how it is getting on and off, you know, if yeah. it's itchy or it's always pulling this way or that way, or yeah, difficult just in general than people aren't going to want to wear it so yeah 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 that's really cool um so I also noticed that you all you have some adult clothing as well that kind of Mm -hmm. go coordinate with the kids line so um when did that kind of come about and what made you decide to add adult clothing too um, I was getting a lot of like, oh my gosh, I wish this was in my size from <laughs> the parents and that sort of thing. Um, so I, last fall, um, I had the opportunity, uh, so I won the Fashion Anarchy um, competition in fall 2020. And part yes. of that was getting to work with Collective Thread on some product development. So that really is what started the whole thing because I was able to get into this other category that I hadn't worked in in a really long time um, mm-hmm. and be able to develop a fit with them um, and some pieces that I knew like a jumpsuit I knew was going to be really hard um, to figure out how how is that going to fit a lot of people um, because mm-hmm. there's so many things there. Uh, yeah, jumpsuits can be the, like the almost yeah. one of the hardest pieces to fit. <laughs> yeah. So like having them make a prototype, driving it all around the city for like multiple people to try on, and like, okay, can can your husband also try it on? Like, does does it work on him? Um, and getting to work with them through that was really uh, a really great experience, and really helped figure out how that was going to go. 
Um, we're sort of morphing it this season into more teen wear. So it's for more of that older kid um, that doesn't necessarily want to dress like their kid sister, um, but mm -hmm. maybe they're not ready for like full on grown up wear. Um, so in pretty much anything, I mean, I make it from scratch. So if there's a dress that's shown on a kid that an adult wants, I can make that work. Um, but yeah, it's kind of bringing in some of those elements too. Sounds like the whole like storytelling and imaginative kind of approach and very kind of fluid approach to mm -hmm. your design and your clothing was also appealing not only to the kids, but to the adults or the older, yeah. like the older brother or sister too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, was that I something? Get it. I mean, when you're like 14, you don't want to be wearing the same thing as your, you know, six-year-old cousin mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, um, and that's like that sort of early teen age is really hard because you're, you're not a kid, but you're not really an adult yet. And mm -hmm. some things are like too mature and, you know, you don't also want to be in, yeah, that, that little kid style anymore. So figuring out things that work for that market. Yeah, that seems like a, a market kind of gap in a way that, that, you know, it doesn't, not many brands like specifically target that like young teen. Yeah. Yeah, well, did, was that something that you were like hearing from um, like other people in that target market or their parents that that was a need or yeah, and it was just, it was also sort of born out of, like, remembering myself at that age and, like, you know, your body's changing and you're you're trying to figure out who you are. It's, like, a big sort of identity crisis period, I feel like. Um, and, I don't know, a lot of my core customers were getting older and and wanted some things for older kids. You know, they wanted bigger sizes, so working around that as well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is interesting about kind of kids' brands or even teen brands, especially if they're younger teens, is that the end customer is not necessarily the customer you're selling to. Like it, mm -hmm. it might, you know, be their parent or their grandparent that's like buying them the outfit. So kind of on the business or maybe even more marketing side, like how do you approach kind of telling the story and and marketing and showing the collection in a way that like appeals to the kids as they're you know wanting to have kind of more expression and autonomy with what they're wearing versus it's probably the parent or somebody mm -hmm. you know older who's buying it actually bu you know buying it for them yeah it's a lot of um parents a lot of dads um grandmas Interesting and like aunts and uncles um they want to you know get something special for their niece or whatever um so it's sort of this like dual like trying to appeal to that adult and sort of on a nostalgia end um mm -hmm. and then also appealing to the kid in sort of that like imaginative fun world um and a lot of that comes down to social media and like where, you know, who I'm targeting where and that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. um, I use Facebook a lot for the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, the parents, um, and then Instagram for more 
aunt, like younger aunts, uncles, parents, kids, um, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, because I bet it can be a little bit kind of tricky balancing, like you said, the, you know, yeah, it's like different aspects of, you know, why they might be buying it or like, you know, are drawn to it. So yeah, it's great when you can get them like both on board. Um, Mm Because sometimes it's like, the mom's like, Oh, this is wonderful. I love it. And the kid's like, "Uh, No, absolutely not. Sometimes the kid's like, oh, I want that so bad. And the parent's like, eh, I don't know. It's, you can't wear it to school or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, so when you can like hit that sweet spot and get them both, both on board, then it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see the nostalgia thing. Too, yeah. For like the, the aunts and uncles or the parents. I, I don't have kids, but I do have uh, two nephews. And so I, I get that aspect of it. Where Yeah. And you're you're a little more likely to like spoil, you know, your mm-hmm. nephew or your grandkid than, um, you know, you, you do your your everyday kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so true. So you mentioned like fashion shows. So is that something that you've done a lot of um, for you know promoting and showing VV Design Studio? Is like do you do fashion shows often then? Um, yeah, so I primarily do Omaha Fashion Week. Um, I started um, applying and, and showing there in, I think, 2018. Um, I usually do their fall show. It's just sort of easier in terms of being able to manage the travel and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm showing there a, a couple weeks, I think, two or three weeks. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, I know it's coming up. It's coming up, yeah. Uh, I've done Kansas City once. Uh, that was during when things were still virtual. So it was all like pre-recorded and all of that. Um, it's usually just a matter of like, I can kind of only handle one show and the traveling a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's a really great way to, I get to meet a lot of other kids and get their perspectives on things Um and their parents, you know, just through the, like the fitting process and having their kids walk. Um, and it's a whole other way of showing the brand and the story um, because there is, it's live and there's motion, but it's also really quick. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, with 12 looks, the whole runway shows like four or five minutes. So you have to get your story out in that amount of time, but you also have all of these great other aids like music and lighting and all of that that you can add in that you don't get with like still photography or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, with kind of the storytelling aspect of it, it's like a whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just met with like a panel yesterday um, looking at the collection, you know, I was like, here's, here's the story we want to go for this year and kind of bouncing ideas around like, well, what if you styled it this way? Or, you know, what if you did this? Like, how could we make it even stronger? Um, Yeah. That would be, I feel like that would be such a fun meeting to just like brainstorm all those aspects of it. So yeah. Other than kind of like meeting with those people to brainstorm that, like, uh, what else do you normally do to kind of prepare for a show and kind of put together that story and these additional elements that have, you know, kind of nothing to do with the clothing, but definitely 
enhance and help that storytelling. Yeah, and we get that a lot with like the photography side too of like, okay, well, what sort of props do we need? What kind of setting do we want? Um, so a lot of like mood boards and research um, on imagery and trying to figure out, it's, it's a lot to figure out, um, is this going to work across 12 looks? Is this all going to hang together? Is it too much? Is it not enough? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then some things like you plan and it's the day of the show and it just doesn't work. And you're like, okay, we're, we'll just cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of being flexible, like having a plan, but being yeah. flexible with it. Cause yeah, especially live yeah. events. Yeah. Sometimes go in a different direction, you know. Yeah, yeah. Come up. Yeah. So another thing I'm kind of curious about from the development end and even from the fashion show end is how do you, um, I, I primarily work with women's wear, so it's a little bit mm -hmm. easier to find a fit model that isn't rapidly growing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but with kids, like, I'm curious how that works with, um, like, how do you kind of standardize the fit or develop, you know, a consistent fit when, you know, your fit models are probably changing size rapidly from one, one year to the next, or even yeah. one month, to the uh, yeah, next, depending on the age of the kid. To, yeah. I usually start out my emails to the, mo to the models, like, let me know if there's an overnight growth spurt. It happens, like, if they wake up and they're an inch taller, like, let me know right away. Um, mm -hmm. Cause it can happen um, between when you, when you start or when you get their measurements and when you get going. Um, I try to keep kind of in that middle of the road size uh, when I'm developing things. So kind of the eight to 10 um, size range one, my daughter kind of fits that. And I have a few models that I've worked with for the runway that somehow are like her exact size and they're like growing at the same rate and it works really well. Oh, nice. um, so I can do a little bit more complicated things and just use her to fit on um, or she'll walk for me so I can really take time to really perfect something because she's across the hall from me all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but then trying to create things that are a little bit more flexible in their sizing so that have like elastic waistbands or that I can easily adjust the length on and that sort of thing. Um, and then I have a lot, my son's like the smallest size. And then I've got neighbors that are more the oldest size. So I'll bring them over and just constantly trying to, you know, try things on, get people's measurements, cross-reference and, and make it work. But you never know until you get there and you get the kid in front of you. They may be built completely differently or just... Mm -hmm carry things differently um and then it's you know just adjusting and fitting <laughs> yeah yeah making it flexible I mean that can be so helpful to approach from that perspective even when it's not kids it's just yeah making things adjustable makes for a better fit regardless of you know body shape or size or the proportions of the individual person yeah there's a great thing that in like kids pants where they have adjustable waistbands with that mm -hmm. like buttonhole elastic uh -huh. why are these not in adult pants because I would love to be able to adjust my pants by like an inch depending yeah. on the day or you know 
how I yep. want it to fit or yeah. Yeah, I've my sister and I have talked about that a lot because, yeah, it's it's hard to find clothes that fit, and then, you know, you want them to be comfortable no matter what you're doing or yeah. if you're sitting or you know just eat Thanksgiving meal or whatever yeah. you know, <laughs> you want it to be comfortable. Yeah, sometimes there's, yeah, I don't know why it's there are some kind of constructions or you know ways to do things that are so segmented to like one market or another yeah that's interesting so what has been inspiring you recently are you working on a new collection or yeah what are you working on now yeah so we're just about to launch fall um and that has been almost a year in development um i let's see I was supposed to do the spring shows for Omaha and they got canceled because of COVID. They're like, mm -hmm. we just can't, we can't do all of the things we need to do safely, you know? So they just, mm -hmm. they ended up canceling it, which was a, kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, it allowed me to sort of stop for a second. Um, and what I was working on for spring, I wasn't like thrilled about, but I didn't feel like I had time to, to, develop it or fix it or you know it's kind of that hamster wheel mm -hmm. um so when yeah, they can't like you're making one collection and yeah. you're designing the next one and you're yeah you're so i'm finally at that. the point where i'm like i'm just gonna slow down and i'm gonna make things like they'll probably always have a fall collection because i love fall and maybe springs like a few additional pieces that work with that story and you know kind of figuring out that work life balance um mm -hmm. so for the this fall um i just sort of sat down and i was like if there were no constraints like what would i want to do because i felt like every season i was like giving myself more constraints of okay this needs to be machine washable this everything needs to be adjustable everything you know and it just it wasn't enjoy enjoyable anymore i felt like i was doing too much and it wasn't necessary um mm -hmm. So, and I was like limiting, you know, I was like, oh, I can't work with this fabric and I can't do this and that. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to work with that fabric. I want to, I want to work with a cashmere wool. I want to work with a leather um, and, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different. It's a lot more um, higher end, a lot more specialty pieces um, than what I've been doing the past couple of seasons. Um, but I really love it. And it's, I think it's a lot more my vision for the whole brand and where I want to, where I want to go with it. Cool. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. When does, when does that come out? Um, August uh, 27th, I'm going to launch it that Saturday. Oh. It's the same day as the runway show. So we're going to put everything live that day. Cool. Yeah, so this episode will be just a little bit after that. So by the okay. time people are hearing it, they'll be able yeah, to awesome. see the new collection. Yeah. So getting to like really play with volume sort of in a new way, um, sort of slowing down and saying, you know, when I make these specialty pieces, I don't necessarily make a ton of them, but I put a lot more time and energy into them and they turn out so much better. Um, and they're more what I want to do than like leggings and hoodies and those sorts of things. Uh, so getting to to work in that lane um, has been exciting and I think really at least creatively rewarding. Um, 
and so far, you know, I just had my fitting this weekend and everybody responded really well. So hopefully it goes well. <laughs> <laughs> That's always great to eat. Yeah. when you have positive feedback. It's like, yeah, samples look great. And yeah, it's so fun. So, super rewarding. Um, so how do you balance like when you're doing kind of these higher end pieces or more creative pieces? Um, how do you balance yeah, the creativity with the commercial side of, you know, you're, you're making these in hopes to sell them, not just as art yeah. pieces. Because um, I know that can be kind of an ongoing, you know, not dilemma, but balance or yeah, consideration yeah. to do that, where certain pieces can, or brands can lean kind of one or the other, but they're still kind of a mix of both. So how do you approach that in your, in your more creative designs yeah so I was trying to push like more commercial every day and I just I felt like that just wasn't working um it's really hard to compete with the sort of like big mass market brands mm -hmm. um and I you know every my specialty pieces always did well so I was like that I enjoy doing that more let's go that route um you know I know with my price points like they're not everyday pieces um, but people are willing to invest a little bit more if it's for you know a wedding or a holiday or something like that um, mm -hmm. so it's it's ending up working pretty well because where I was at in terms of like price points trying to be more commercial wasn't working um, because I'm not, you know, manufacturing millions um, mm -hmm. and, you know, doing costing that way. So it, it just makes a lot more sense, I think, to me, um, sort of making everything and uh, selling it in the way that I do. Almost it sounds like instead of trying to compete, you're just like, I'm going to just make something that doesn't have competition or has far yeah, less. Yeah, because so. children's wear is like, leggings uh t-shirts hoodies like just you're what they wear every day to school and it's like let's let's find the lane where you know when people want something you know a party dress a uh something like that mm -hmm. yeah that's really cool to be able to like find that niche and yeah it work both on the business side and on the you know creative fulfillment side that's really cool yeah. And I think those pieces too, like connect with kids a little bit more because there's generally, you know, some sort of event or something built up around it too. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember like when I got to be a bridesmaid in a cousin's wedding, it was like, I remember that dress. And I remember, you know, the special holiday dresses my mom used to make us and, and that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, versus what I, what I wore every day. I remember the, my grandma used to get me and my sister, like, a Christmas dress, you know, mm -hmm. when, we, when we were little, like, we had matching ones, obviously, but, like, Christmas dress every year, and so, yeah, I, you know, a fancy party dress, I'd wear to Christmas Eve service and wear it on Christmas Day, and, like, felt yeah. really fancy as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Mm hmm Super fun. So, uh, can you share kind of what the story is for this fall collection or should we wait for the runway? Oh, no, yeah, I can talk about it. Um, so when I was designing spring, I was looking at, uh, the movie Wolf Walkers, which is on Apple plus, um, it's part of this 
Irish storytelling trilogy. Um, and it's sort of about these two girls and ones, um, I guess you could say a werewolf. Uh, it's a little bit different than I think what we traditionally think of as werewolves. And, you know, these girls sort of connecting and finding themselves in figuring out that, um, you know, that your family can love and accept you for who you are and that you don't necessarily have to conform to rigid societal beliefs about, you know, what you need to be doing and how you need to be dressing and, and all of those things. So spring was more inspired by the, the, the natural um, flora, fauna, um, that side of the storytelling. And then I sort of continued the same idea into the fall, but looking at, at it from the, the other angle of the, the character that is living within the town walls and wanting to be something else. Um, so a lot of blacks and whites, um, a lot of sort of colors and silhouettes inspired by some of those characters. And then it's also sort of, a, I'm looking at it as my sort of rejection of what children's clothing has to be. So there are like cashmere coats, there's um, vegan leather dresses, there's silks, there's, you know, these silhouettes and these materials that you don't often think of for children's wear. So mm -hmm. kind of continuing that um, idea uh, through this collection. So it's a little, uh, it's definitely diff a little more different than what I've done before. Um, and it's again, not super like children's wear conventional, but it still works and it's fun and creative. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot more like specialty touches. So a lot of hand dyeing techniques um, and embellishments and, and things like that, um, that I get to explore. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> I sometimes the, I mean, not sometimes, I feel like always the super luxurious materials, like, they feel luxurious and they look like, yeah. like they just they look expensive you know yeah and so they're like gorgeous so i always love when i get to work with like a silk or yeah wool, wool coats are some of my favorite to make they just they're just yeah so it's so much fun. yeah well i look forward to seeing what you what you're coming up with for this collection yeah. Um, I have one more question that I ask everybody at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes that you design, what would it be? Oh, um, I think what I really, what I'm drawn to and what we try to tell through the brand is sort of self-acceptance, um, figuring out who you are uh, and learning to be comfortable with that and having your fashion really be an outlet of that. Um, I think mm -hmm. when people find things that they put on and they it feels like them, you, you notice that they're happier and more relaxed and comfortable. Um, mm -hmm. So we want to try to provide that for kids. Um, so just going with who you are um, and trying things out and having fun. Fashion has a big impact, like you said, on that and like 
the exploration of who you are and the expression. So that's really cool that you're doing that for kids in a very like creative and imaginative way. So yeah, it's so much fun. Their kids are just like fun to work with too. Mm -hmm, I bet. Awesome. Well, this has been super fun to chat with you more and hear what you're working on with BB Design Studio. Um, Where can people find out more about you and um, BB Design Studio online? So we we primarily sell through our website, um, bbdesignstudio.com, and there's dashes between each word. Um, And then we're on Instagram and Facebook uh, at BB Design Studio. Um, Yeah. So we love, we post lots of photos and videos and stuff, especially as new things are coming out, um, more process and behind the scenes and fun stuff too. Cool. Well, I'm going to include links to those in the show notes so people can go check it out. Thanks. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.